Reverend Titus will be preaching this morning on a passage from the book of John, chapter 8, verses 31 through 47. This is the word of the Lord. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, and yet you are looking for a way to kill me, because you have no room for my word. I am telling you that I have been in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In Uganda we say God is good. And all the time, we have more words that we say, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good, and that is his nature. Wow. It's a great pleasure to be here. I think this is probably my first time here. Um, I've been to the U.S. a couple of times, but mostly I've been hanging around Holland, Michigan, and not in this part of the world. And uh, I'm so privileged at this time to be hosted by the bust and uh, I am just a walking distance to the church. So any time can be church time. We want to thank you for receiving us. And uh, let us pray. Precious Father, we want to thank you for your love and the opportunity that we know you and that we can come to your house to worship you for who you are. 
we want to thank you for the revelation of your son, Jesus Christ, that we got to know him and that we have our hope and salvation in him. Speak to us, Lord, even as we share your word. We pray that we will be blessed by it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I bring greetings from Uganda. And my wife, I'm married, I'm married to one wife. And uh, you realize in Uganda, some people have uh, a number of wives. And so I'm married to only one wife. And uh, she's called Mary, and she sends her greetings. I have seven children, five biological children, and two adopted. They're all full grown, and they all send their greetings. We have prayers online every Thursday, and they've been praying for us. We want to thank God so much that we are here and they are covering us in prayer. Yesterday, we had a big gathering at my place known as Know Your Freedom in Christ, which is exactly on the message that uh, the, the scripture that uh, I'm going to be sharing from. And we meet every first Saturday of the month and also the members uh, who gathered there, they sent their greetings because we were watching online and therefore it's great to be here again. I'm going to be sharing with you the word of God entitled The Word of God in Transformation of Transforming Culture. As you've just seen the video here, I come from the Kuku tribe. As you've heard their cuckoo, I got to realize when I came here to Western Seminary in 2001, when I said I am a cuckoo, everybody laughed. And because everybody knows a cuckoo is a, a bird here, which is a crazy bird. <laughs> but I am a tall, dark, and handsome man from the cuckoo tribe. <laughs> and I, I want to thank Christ Jesus who made me what I am from the cuckoo people. And um, um, Words of Hope has been, uh, start, uh, we started broadcasting with Words of Hope in 2006 when David Bust came and opened for us the door for us to be able to broadcast the gospel. And uh, my tribe, the Kuku tribe, we are scattered in Uganda. We don't have a specific district. So for us, we grew up in a small community. And we did not know, I did not know my culture so much well until when Words of Hope came in. And we put the message on radio and we were able to know how many cuckoo people are there and where they are living and the communities they are living. And we started gathering them in listeners club. As you see the video here, we announced on radio, we are going to be gathering. If you are any any of you belong to the cuckoo people, come and gather in this place. And I saw hundreds and hundreds of people come together. And that's when I got to know my own tribe, my own clan, and I got to start to know some details of my own people. One of the amazing thing is the culture, that we have a very strong culture that exactly as we read in this scripture here, John chapter, um, I will first of all read just the first two verses. John chapter eight, verse 31. 
So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offsprings of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? This was a time when Jesus was trying to bring the gospel to the Jews. If you read it from John chapter 7 from verse 25, that is when the Jews themselves began to doubt whether Jesus is a true Jew because of some of the things he's teaching, because of some of the unique things he's bringing. He's trying to bring the original faith of which God had entrusted to Abraham and to the Jews and to Moses, the, the commandments on the way they need to relate with God. And Jesus was bringing that to be alive. And all of a sudden, he realizes he's facing a very difficult culture culture of which the elders were the Pharisees who had already got strong and the culture is dynamic you know it had escalated from the time it began many things had changed it had moved away from God and they had gone into traditions they had gone into practices and as you know culture is more of the language it's more of the customs more of the traditions, more of some of, also it includes attitudes and characters of the people. Culture has a lot of things to do with people's mindset and the worldview, how they see the world. And all children who were born, they were born into a different perspective of how they see the world, how they relate to each other, and how they, they, they even view some values that are to be, uh, and some of the beliefs that they have to believe in about the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. And this time, as Jesus was bringing this picture back to them, to their own people, they all began to challenge, and they got engaged into a very, very difficult debate. Jesus was teaching, for them they are following, is he going to rock the boat? Is he going to change anything in our culture? Is he changing anything in our tradition? Is he bringing in some new teaching? What is this kind of things? And when he made miracles, they called him a Beelzebul. These are demons just because they do not relate to their culture. Now, by the time when I got to know my culture, my tribe, the Kuku people, I got to realize, oh, this is a wonderful culture. And so when we came together, I got deep into getting involved in marriages, when they get married, when there is a funeral, when there are many, many issues that are happening, when people are growing up, the initiation ceremonies, somebody is growing up from childhood to adulthood, there were a lot of things that are to be done. I, my eyes got to be opened. And as we were sharing the gospel, we were finding a wall of cultural beliefs and traits that were with the Kuku people because they believed in certain things, some are superstitious, that you do not want to dare to touch them even when the gospel of Jesus Christ says something. 
And so this has been one of the biggest challenges that we have been having. Culture touches people's attitudes, people's behavior, people's character, and, and even the language that people are using. When you say certain word which means something, but in the culture it means something, and some words keep changing as you continue to go along. I got to realize that in the culture, that there is a positive part of culture, things which are good. Culture is good because culture creates a sense of belonging. And I am so proud to be a cuckoo by tribe. I grew up in Uganda. My parents came, my father came when he was young, about uh, I think 16, 15 years when he was young after his Parents were all killed in his presence, and then he walked south looking for where to survive, and he found himself in Uganda. And then he came to Uganda, but the gospel got him, and he gave his life to Christ. And there is where I grew up, and I knew very well that we don't have people of our own. And every time I grew up in Uganda, we were marginalized in society. They called us foreigners. When we are in Uganda, they call us foreigners. When we go to South Sudan, they also call them, these are foreigners from Uganda. These are not people from Sudan. They, because we do not know the language in South Sudan. So we found ourselves like we are homeless, we are countryless, we don't have where to belong. So we grew up having no sense of belonging. We do not know where we belong. But thanks be to God, that the gospel through words of hope has brought these people together. And I was beginning to feel a sense of belonging. Every time we gather as Kuku people, I think you have seen. We do not sing, uh, I know you are more meditational in the West. <laughs> when you are singing a song, come be with me, come abide with me, you stand like an electric pole. <laughs> but for us, we are expressional. Come be with me. We all express that. And when we are having a sense of belonging, the cuckoo people, they sing while jump dancing. That expression makes you feel you belong somewhere. And that brought a lot of joy to us. So culture really gives you a sense of belonging, especially when you speak the same language, you are united for the same cause, you support each other, you encourage each other. It's wonderful. Culture is also important in our everyday lives and, and plays an integral role in shaping how we feel and how we live with one another in society. Therefore, culture is very important and is very helpful. However, culture also has a negative part of it. In most cases, Culture is imprisoning. Sometimes culture has developed their own values, their own beliefs, that in most cases when the gospel of Christ comes in, it hits a, a wall of culture because we have developed a culture that helps us to believe. I don't know whether it helps really, but it makes us to believe certain things. In my culture, there is a way they believe about creation. In my culture, you realize when I got to learn, my children, I gave them names in English. I have mercy, I have patience, I have hope, I have Esther, 
I have comfort, I have liberty, and I have victor. They are all those names as virtues, spiritual virtues. The reason why somebody will start saying, how in the world would you give names of another language? It's because in my, lang in my culture, when I give birth, they believe that is resurrection. Our ancestors come back to life through giving birth. And therefore, you have to give the name of your great-grandfather to your son. And as you give, you pronounce and you evoke the spirits of the ancestors who died long ago. The characters which my grandfather used to have, I evoke them upon my son. My son behave like my father. My grandfather behave like this. And all this, and in most cases in the spirit world, these things affect the children. They begin to grow up knowing this is how my grandfather, this is how my grandfather, and all that story is told along and many of these things. Changing it with the word of God is very difficult. And that's why my children, I decided to say, I'm not going to give ancestral names because my children are a gift from God and they are, the, they, they are the, born in the image of God. And therefore, those are the negative. What I wanted to say is that ungodly cultures influence people with ungodly values in life. Ungodly attitudes, ungodly mindset and worldview. Hence, these are acted out in various behaviors. When these ungodly cultures are put into our young people and they grow up in it, it becomes difficult. And in most cases, they become very conservative, very strong, penetrating it with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody will start saying, I will give my life to Christ, but I will not leave my ancestors. I will still believe. I will still take food to the shrine because they need to be fed. I know God is there, but I need this. I went to the Dinka people because Words of Hope also broadcast the gospel in, in Nuer, in South Sudan. And five years ago, I went, I found this woman, and uh, we spoke and taught uh, about the gospel, the four, the four steps of the gospel, how to receive Christ. And after that, we say, whoever would like to come forward for prayers, you come. And uh, here, it's a line of people coming to be prayed for. And the woman comes up to me and she said, please will you pray for me? I said, how can I pray for you? Pray that my husband may marry more wives. And if you're a pastor, how do you pray? I said, how many are you? We are only three. I am the first one. Wives are not respected when your husband have only few wives. The first wife is supposed to be the supervisor of all these other wives. I said, how many would you like? She said, at least 10. If my husband would marry 10 wives, then I would be the supervisor and other women would respect me. Now, how do you bring the gospel to such? You have given the gospel, you have explained how Jesus died, how he came to save us, how he came to transform us, and here she's more concerned. She has no peace because her husband has only three wives. Only three. At least ten. That is at least. 
So I shared with her about the respect that she would get if she gets the inner dignity of accepting Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. You'd get great dignity because Christ gives you the inner identity that makes you feel great even before other people. And she accepted Christ and then she went to her Bishop Alapayos, whom uh, David Bass knows him, and she said, I have heard. Now I want to serve God. And Bishop quickly said, I'm taking you to a Bible school so that you become a pastor. And she was taken, she was trained. Just last May, I just came back from South Sudan. I found she was already a pastor. She was standing and she stood before people and she said, Titus, I now have more dignity than the 10 wives that I wanted. Because now I have become a pastor and everybody now listens to me. And I was so, so happy. So culture can really, really be, be very derogative and it can change people's mind. So the negative traits of culture sometimes can really challenge us. Today, we are faced with various challenges of culture. The Jews, God introduced to them the ways of how to handle themselves in society and gave them the culture. He gave them the culture, traditions connected with the health, traditions about morals, traditions about marriage, traditions about foods, traditions about how to handle different kind of relationship, how to treat the poor, how to treat all types of people. All that is supposed to be the culture of which they are to grow in. But then along the way, Culture is dynamic, it's not static. It kept, kept on changing and changing as the years go by. And as years go by, the people moved away from the God who gave them the true culture to, to give them true identity, how to identify. They went in, into following the traditions, following some of the things they learned along the way, some of the things they even forgot about the God who gave, but it became a kind of tradition that they have to follow. I went to Jerusalem and I found the Jews there and they were every time shaking themselves in the, uh, in the temple there. They are very, very busy praying. But then I, got, I said, wow, these people are really devoted. And somebody told me, no, some of them actually don't believe in Jesus Christ. But they're just fulfilling because that's how they were brought up. They are there with covering their heads and in that. This is exactly during Jesus' time. This is the things that he faced. He had to face a lot of debate as he shared. Now, as he was sharing the gospel, many of them began debating with him that, you know, this is, this is a new culture that you are bringing in. We are Abraham's children. And many Jews gave their lives to, 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 to believe in Jesus Christ. And then Jesus began to teach them and told them that you Jews who have believed, if you hold on to my word, because the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says that this world will pass away. The earth will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will remain forever. And Jesus was bringing this out because it was there in Isaiah. 
uh, it was written out in Isaiah that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. And Jesus was trying to bring you Jews who have believed, if you hold on to my word, then you will know the truth. And when you know the truth, this very truth will set you free. And you remember Jesus said in um, John chapter 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. And that means when you know the truth, is about knowing Jesus himself, actually. And so he's trying to say that if you hold on to my word, you will know the truth. And this is same truth is going to set you free. And they could not listen to that. They would not mind about what truth is. Just like today, truth is being challenged by different ideologies. What is true to you is not true to me. What is true to me is not true to you. Everybody has their own. There is nothing like absolute truth. Today is the same thing that is happening in our cultures of today. And these are the challenges that Jesus faced at his time. Even today, in Uganda, even if the Kuku people have that strong culture, just two days ago, I lost my aunt who was in my house. And right now, they have gone for a funeral. Um, Dave and Betty Jo were witnessing what I was going through. Everybody was calling me. Because of the culture, the uncles of the lady who died, she's 88 years old, but some people who come from the uncle's side, the maternal relatives, were saying, you are not going to bury her until certain things are fulfilled. Somebody is almost, in Uganda, you can't stay out because the body will get rotten. But still, because of culture, the man says, in our culture, the uncle has to give permission for somebody to be buried. So somehow when my uncle died some four years ago, I did not know these cultures. And the man picked out something from the death of my uncle, which was there four years ago, and said, when Titus was here, he is acting like the head of this family, and he did not fulfill A, B, C, D of our culture. Now today, nobody is going to take this casket into the grave until you fulfill all this. We had to go, I had to run to their basement, I had to start holding a meeting, we had to make device on WhatsApp to get some other people, relatives together, and we had a meeting, and it was so hard. And I said, if only, if only my tribe would know the word of God, would not be ruled by culture. I mean the negative traits of culture. And this was some situation. I was emotionally worn out at that time. I was getting emails from Jana and I, I didn't know who to answer. And there were a lot of things that were happening around me because of culture. I had to deal with a lot of issues. And that's why Jesus saw very well that the word of God is very important in the transformation of culture. Today, in our society, we are also faced with many other cultures. As I say, culture is not static. It is dynamic. It keeps on moving. Probably, I don't know in the United States, but in Uganda, 
Today we have what we call the youth culture. It is no longer connected with the Baganda. Even those who are Baganda from their tribe, even from our tribe, they have created their own. In, even in the language, in, in my language and in the Baganda language, when somebody says something is so good, like the young people in America, they say so cool, and we begin saying cool? This, that's cool. Is that not what young people say here? That is something good. You come to Uganda, you say, that is so cool. That is something that has been put maybe in a freezer. <laughs> in Uganda, something which is so good, they will say, that is so terrible. It's so terrible. And when you hear young people say like that, they are saying that is good. That is the young culture now. That is where our world is going. Culture is moving. There are a lot of things that are coming in. And therefore, Jesus, I think if he came now, he, had a, he would have a lot of things to address, especially in culture. A lot of things to be addressed in terms of language, in terms of what, and many things in our culture. Therefore, Jesus Christ comes in and says, one of the things that will never change is the word that has been written. The word that comes out of the mouth of God. God who is the author of life. God who is the author of salvation. Therefore, if you hold on to those words that come from the mouth of God, they never change. Your culture will change. People will change. Mindsets will change. Worldviews will change. But the word of God will remain the same. And if we will fix our eyes into trusting the word of God, then we will continue. Jesus continued to say this, that when you are bound by your culture, then you are bound, you are, you are enslaved. And you know, our culture, all our, our traditions and, and all our cultural traits, many of them have been hijacked by the devil. And as you are doing, we are just serving Satan. Satan has hijacked, according to Jesus here, Satan has hijacked many of our cultures, many of our traditions, even sometimes in our church traditions. I was thinking, if I came here today, these scholars have been perverted in some places. And then I say, well, if I come to the Reformed Church, will they accept me? Because the moment you see the caller, oh, there they come. It's a culture. It's not because caller has anything. Is because we are in a culture that keeps changing. Things change. When somebody is dressed, oh, he's from Africa. That's an African shirt. What shows that this dress is African? Is because that's how culture has taught us. And so today we are bound in our mindset by so many things that take us away. But I would like to encourage that may the Lord help us that the word of God may be at the center of our focus. The word of God will be the guide. As Psalms says that the word of God is the lantern to our feet and, and the guide to our path. And because when we use it, when you go this side or this side, as you read it, it will keep bringing us back. And this is what my desire is, even as I bring this to the close. 
I don't know your culture here. I don't know what is changing. I don't know the original culture. And one of the things I learned since I came to Western Seminary in 2001 and I've been coming over again, I got to learn that you actually don't have roots of your cultures. Some are Dutch. Dutch are from Holland, the other side of Europe. Others are from France. Others are from... And so you have all gathered here. And that's why Ugandans or Africans... When you read the Bible, some of the things, the cultural things written in the Bible are more connected to the African culture. You'll find that the, 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 the cultures that, that the Jews have, cultures of marriage, cultures pertaining inheritance, wife inheritance, and all these kind of things are all found in Africa. And Jesus was addressing things which are exactly like African things. African stuff. And then our cultures are still grounded and bound in many things. They still believe in the spirits and those spirits have kept themselves alive. You come to Africa, when you talk about demons in America, everybody says, "Mm -mm, what are those? Those are not, those are things that don't look American. But you go because of the strong culture we have, spirits are real. They are real, and you find people are bothered. Every time people will come to the church, even on Tuesday, even on Wednesday, I, have, I am in trouble. Because my great-grandfather, who died six years ago, has been coming to bother me. I saw him. You don't say that in America, and you think it makes sense. But it's real. If you don't pray, then this person soon, you, something will happen. So we pray and sometimes you hear things you speak out. All this is because of the roots of culture. And therefore, if the word of God can come to the people and they are taught and they, they, they rule themselves by the biblical worldview, then lives will change. Lives will be transformed and they will have a living hope. And that is my desire for the Kuku people. And that's why I... When I brought up the idea, I found some group of people who were translating Bibles into African language, and Kuku language was not there. I went there, I said, where are the Kuku people found? We don't have a district. I had to create a place in my compound, and I created an office, and that's where they are translating the Bible, because we don't have a district called the Kuku district. And that is the thing. My desire is not just to have a book. My desire is that my people are in challenge of their cultures. If they don't read the true word of God, that will transform. They will be driven by their culture. They will be bound by their culture. And they will be led astray by their culture. And ignorance, some words, I don't know whether it's true, people say ignorance has no defense. And because people are ignorant, you see many cuckoo people, many tribes, many cultures are suffering because they are bound by their witchcraft. They are bound by so many things, bound by some beliefs. They are bound by many marriages are breaking just because somebody did not fulfill. A pastor comes up to his bishop and say, because I have, my brother has died, I have to inherit his wife to produce children for my brother who died long ago. That is the culture. He stopped being a pastor because he was not rooted in the word of God. And therefore, if we can have the word of God 
brought to the people and that they can be taught to change their worldview, they will be transformed. And that will bring great changes in the community, in families. And our children are the most vulnerable because they are born and they find already a culture existing. Whatever beliefs people have about life, they begin taking it. This is what they told us. Our schools and all things, some of these cultures, the new cultures that are coming in, are going into these schools. And the children, they were born with very clean head inside there. The minds were anything you write. The parents will write. They go to school. Teachers will write. The community in Uganda, children play around. And they, everybody will write. And children are growing up in such confused state. If only we can bring the word of God that can be taught to them from their childhood and that they grow up knowing what is the best way and how to get their identity from the word of God. That is going to be great in transforming the, the, the culture of the people. I don't know, I don't know, as I say that I don't know the American culture, but I do believe human beings are human beings. We are only divided by color. But inside, you cut my blood, I am red, you are red. Your blood is the same. We are all created in the image of God. Things that affect us in Africa affect you as well. There are things that are affecting our children here in America. There are cultures that are coming beyond the cultures we are used to. The old people are saying, what is wrong with this generation? The young people are saying, all oh, these old men, they are really backward. And all, all these kind of things are happening. It's because culture is dynamic. But if we can bring the word of God to the center of our parenting, to the center of our social work, to the center of our preaching, and we preach the word of God. Today, many people sometimes preach ideologies. They preach psychology, philosophy, and many things. And they don't preach the word of God. And, and that is what, and it looks like it's really good. But the word of God is so powerful. May the Lord help us that we will stand by the word of God, regardless of what changes that are coming, things that are baffling up, things that are challenging our society. If we stand in the word of God, you don't have to fight the circumstances around us. We don't have to fight whatever things that are imposed upon us. We need only to stand to the word of God. Because finally, as I say this, the Bible says a time is coming in Hebrews, I think chapter 10, that I'm going to shake the world, not only the world and the heaven, so that things that cannot be shaken will remain, and things that can be shaken can be shaken off. Today, our society is being shaken by so many things. Many cultural values and beliefs are coming in to shake us so that those who can stand in the word of God will stand firm and they will stay firm. You don't have to fight anything. Just stand up. Be still and know that I am Lord. And when you are in the word of God, you will stand firm. Some people have derailed themselves and they've gone to start fighting. Oh, we must fight this. These are things, these cultures are coming into our midst. Let's fight. We don't need to fight it. We need only to stand where the truth of the word. If you stand by the word, then we are truly his disciples. And when we are his disciples, then we will know the truth. And when we know the truth, 
It is the truth that will set us free from the current contemporary challenges that we are facing. Let us all stand for the word of God and we will find ourselves before Christ Jesus on that day. The Lord be with you. Let's pray. Precious Father, we want to thank you because you are so good that you never concealed the truth about yourself. Through your incarnation, you sent your son Jesus Christ and became just like us and he opened for us the way and he taught us the truth and he gave us the victory to set us free. Many of us who are bound can be released and can come into the freedom that you yourself give it to us. Help us to stand by your word and that we will experience the freedom that you give us even in our personal devotions, even in our families, even in our parenting, that your truth will come from the source which is your word, that your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.